Welcome to the Doing Democracy podcast. We are here today to discuss a topic from a political education, black politics and education reform in Chicago since the 1960s by Elizabeth Todd Breland. Specifically, we are going to be based in chapter three, which is titled Building Independent Black Institutions. So let us all introduce ourselves. My name is Topher, my pronouns are he, him. My name is Julia. I use she, her pronouns. My name is Olivia. I use she, her pronouns. My name is Alex, and I also use she, her pronouns. And I'm Jessica, and I also use she, her pronouns. My name is Casper, and I use he, him pronouns. All right. Great job, everybody. Um, So in Chapter 3 of our textbook, uh, it goes into the idea of, just like the title says, building independent black institutions. Uh, many of the many of these institutions were schools. So, do we want to talk about the uh, what was it? The IPE or um, yeah? Let's talk about the shift between um, desegregation activism to self determinist ideologies um, in the nineteen sixties and seventies. So many black education reformers switched their focus from desegregation to self-determinist ideologies um, that came from the black power movement. And that led to the creation of a group of black independent schools and institutions like IPE. Um, Yeah, and so this led to the start of green schools such as IPE, uh, which stood for Institute of Positive Education and it was an African-centered educational institution, and it was also partnered with NCDC, uh, New Concept Development Center, which is also an African-centered school, but private. Um, And the African diaspora was very much a part of the pedagogy in this. Um, The leaders of IP worked to change cultural consciousness of black people by transforming the social, political, and economic um, conditions that they were living in. Uh, they also operated several institutions, like I listed for NCDC was one of them. Um, so they were also involved in the culture of the black arts um, with institutions such as their world press also. All right. If, if I... And some key characters that were involved in IPE were um, Sononi Walton, Haki Madhubuti, Carol D. Lee, and Carolyn Rogers. They founded the World Press in 1967. Then they founded IPE in 1969 and the NCDC in 1972, as well as Phyllis Franklin, who was a teacher at IPE. Awesome. And a question that we thought about during our discussion on our research was, Hmm. how has a standard Eurocentric view on schools changed in your personal school background experience? Also leading into this, discussion, I wanted to add um, a quote from the book. How do you change the consciousness of a people? And more specifically, how do you change the consciousness of education? All right. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, a lot of stuff to work with. And yeah, of course, that, that kind of leads me to transition into um, the fact that the institutions that we have and the ones that we exist and the ones that we were all part of were built in a white supremacist environment, which is why these institutions were such a necessity for the black for the black people, even after emancipation and integration and even the Civil Rights Act. So 
attitudes are slower to change than the law. And to reflect on these questions that we just asked, we want to confront uh, the way that we were taught in these institutions as young people. So, Julia, would you like to talk about your uh, bringing up in like public school or wherever you were schooled? Yeah, um, we we didn't have too much of a like revisionist history taught in our schools. Um, we learned about slavery and um, the civil rights movement, but it wasn't it wasn't all encompassing in the way that I think everybody would like it to be. Um, based on this chapter, I was thinking about how um, the continent of Africa was portrayed growing up, especially in the younger years. I remember we had these flashcards that were called Africa cards, and it was all animals and like desert scenes, like desert plants. Mm -hmm. And there was no, there were no people, there was no discussion of cities that existed or anything. It was all animals and desert. Um, and, and, and there was, of course, no separation of countries in Africa. It was like one continent, one unified continent where, in, in my mind as a kid, like getting this education, like everybody was unified, you know? Right. And I'm sure any depictions of people from Africa were like skinny, malnourished, uh, like villages. And like there was no, there was like, it was a very, a, it was a very un, undeveloped kind of region. I remember seeing, yeah, like, I'm sure we all saw ads on the, um, on commercials, like, for UNICEF and things like that, where those images were present. Um, but yeah, in school, that was what I thought Africa was for maybe until, like, I think we started getting, we didn't really ever talk about what Africa was until, like, college, but in middle school, like, obviously, my own understanding uh, was broader than what I was being taught at school. And please, anyone else who would like to talk about their education revolving this topic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, you go. You go. Okay. Um, coming off of what Julia said, I did not really learn about any international history until my senior year of high school, um, including Africa. It was, I had one class where it was the first class where we like seriously studied different African countries and also like different countries around the world which is just um, kind of speaks to how much when, when like, people are in white schools, we're not really taught about anything other than um, white countries. And also, um, slavery was definitely censored a lot in my school. Oh, of course. Um, if I could talk about my own uh, public school, uh, public schooling, I was uh, a lot of similar things to what, you've, what you guys have said too. Uh, I was in a very, I was in a very white school, like 95% uh, white was basically the ratio of my district. And um, so I'm not saying this is necessarily a consequence of that, but I think this is true for most schools in America that like it, our, our, our history was definitely sugarcoated because um, we learned about slavery. Slavery was bad. We learned about emancip the emancipation and we learned about Jim Crow. And basically the biggest takeaway was that it was this very, this very, I guess, bad attitude that 
as soon as the the laws changed, the attitudes changed, and that was just very much not true. So I can, so when I when you understand that, I feel like you can understand why um, these institutions were such a such a necess- necessity in the black community. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh have similar experience to Julia because we went to the same middle school and high school, but I kind of remember learning a lot about, um, like, we would learn about the times that uh, those enslaved and those not were unified, so, like, like, loved talking about the Civil War and how, like, they fought alongside us and, like, we were together in that, and it's like, all right, like... <laughs> Like, it's not, that's not the full story. And it, it was, like, constantly like that throughout school. So, like, learning about histor- historical events that happened, but kind of brushing over the details and also kind of just making it seem, like, very much like, oh, well, this is what it was. And we don't, you know, it's like what Julia said about, like, there was no revisionist history. You know, so we're not going back and reexamining why those things are wrong. We just knew them as wrong. Um, but we still taught history with like kind of our perspective still very much at the forefront so we never really dove into the hard bits of it which is why it's like when we talked about civil war it's like they were fighting with us and that's it um yeah so it's like definitely brushing over details and kind of dominating the perspective that i don't know we were bad but now we're good kind of and how like that can't that can't ever spill over Right, exactly. It's like, yeah, like I totally echo everything that was spoken, and definitely, especially with Casper, since I did go to a southern middle school, high school, so a lot of it was brushed off, very biased. I don't, I don't remember any history or experience of like seeing Africa cards. I don't even. They didn't even show us that. It was very just one sided, and. They didn't really touch up on any African history. Yeah, I've never, it was very like 99.9% white and like 0.1% they would touch up on African history and like go completely back to the one-sided history that it was in Southern states. Yeah, my school was kind of different. Freshman and sophomore year of high school, we had like a global history classes. So, but like sophomore year was definitely like a Eurocentric global history. Um, But they still tried really hard to incorporate different things. Like I had one professor that did a whole unit on women in history because he felt they weren't represented well enough in our textbooks. Mm -hmm. And then sophomore or junior and senior year, my, teacher was very anti-textbook because of how one-sided and white they were so he refused to teach to the textbook and we read things like the new Jim Crow instead but they definitely could have done a better job but they were trying for sure mm-hmm. so so would you say that like our public our current uh public education systems and this is for everybody like celebrate white achievement I think it really depends on the school, but generally, absolutely. Because I want, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to cite this, uh, this one specific quote from the uh, from the text 
saying that these schools talking about like IPE and all these independent black institutions, these schools embraced a self-determinist politics of black achievement uh, that sought to couple traditional markers of academic attainment in literacy, mathematics, science, etc., with transformations in collective black consciousness, efficiency, and pride, which uh, by all the things that we have just talked about is rather lacking in our, in our own uh, educational systems. And I believe uh, we asked some rather larger questions about uh, how do you change the consciousness of a people? Do you believe that is rooted in education? I believe Casper asked, asked that. Anyone have any comments about that before we wrap up? Well, I definitely think it's important for Black students to know about their history and to be a central part of that history. Um, yeah, so like what they were doing with IPE and the African-centric schools um, gave a background that was alternative to like the Eurocentric point of view that kind of suggested or explicitly uh, went with Black inferiority. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with what you just said and like branching off of that. I think it's schools are starting to realize that they have to do more than just include like the hot, like the term diversity to make an education actually diverse. Like you have to teach um, beyond from what we all said our teachings were. Um, except you, Alex, it sounds like that's a pretty good, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. But um, yeah, like I think it needs to be more than just being like, okay, we're going to include inclusive language. Like it needs to be that and then some in terms of like the broad categories of our history and how much we overlap with um, basically just, I'm blanking on the word, but smushing down other people. Right. Um, yeah. And it has to be, you know, broader cultural implications um, and discussion within school, I think for sure. And maybe we're headed in that direction, but that, yeah. We have a long yeah. way to go. Definitely. Yes. I think right. also, like, in challenging the faults of, you know, white supremacy is really important in including that because schools can often, like, censor that or really try to water it down, you know? Um, but also, more importantly, like, talking about black history and including people's names and, like, specific events and not just being, like, oh, here's, like, a really general, like, civil rights act. You know what I mean? And it's just more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, I think it is time to wrap this up. Anyone have any final final comments about this chapter? Excellent. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to the Doing Democracy podcast. Um, do we want to say our names again? I'm Julia. Woo! I'm Olivia. I'm Alex. Jessica. And I'm Casper. And I've been Topher. Thank you for listening and goodbye.